0: This is a GRDC podcast.
1: After harvest can be a good time to think about your future on-farm grain storage capacity. You might be planning to increase the area sown in coming years, your local receival depot might have closed, or you're just holding more grain on-farm than you have in the past. Philip Burrell from Queensland's Department of Agriculture and Fisheries post-harvest team knows a lot about grain storage which is why Philip is also a member of GRDC's National Grain Storage Extension Team and our podcast guest. Hello, I'm Tony Crowley. When Philip was recently inspecting grain storage on Queensland's Darling Downs, Dave Cousins caught up with him and had a chat about planning additional grain storage. I
2: guess the first thing to do is to really look at the figures around uh, that investment.
0: Yes, very important steps. So once you've got those clear reasons for the extra storage, do the figures, work out is this an economical decision and then some good reference resources for that.
2: I guess the next step would be to really move out into the field and start looking at the potential site that you might want to uh, put the new infrastructure on.
0: Yes, certainly. So. Yeah, important to look that we actually have the room for those new silos, movement for trucks, but look, a well-drained site, um, good foundations for the new silos, Um, even as basic as have we actually got the power to run aeration systems on those new silos. So, yeah, consider
2: the, the drainage
0: and other basic things for the new silos.
2: And then from there, I guess the next obvious choice is what you're actually going to put on that site. Yeah, a
0: common question actually, you know, should I just put one or two large flat-bottom silos or do I go with a mix or even just straight smaller cone-based silos? And look, you really need to look ahead 10, 15 years if you can Um What are your potential grain types? What are the potential grain segregations? You know, there's a lot of the market moving into segregating on quality um, for shipping containers, etc. The height of the auger, another key consideration. Can you actually, with the existing auger, uh, do you want to uh, get on top of, say, a a larger flat-bottom silo or is is it the mix? And often I find that's the case, that it's the mix of, Cone base for segregation plus maybe one or two large flat-bottom silos.
2: And we should talk again about this idea of obviously needing to inload and outload grain uh, and working out how equipment can flow around that to make it work uh, in the most efficient way.
0: Yeah, very important. So <clears throat> often if we're not careful we can actually cramp ourselves with additional silos but hopefully the site allows us the room to place... Uh, augers and truck movements particularly can we get those flow of trucks for inloading and outloading um and yep the length of augers uh, yeah so very important to even had the example of a grower say that he literally just pitches where those silos are going drives the truck around the site of his existing silos and just pictures even places the auger where those newer silos are going to be placed and just sees what is the potential for both um not cramping up space for for both the intake of grain or the outloading of grain
2: Mm, what a great idea um moving on uh to other factors i guess that should be considered what else should growers be keeping in mind Hygiene is one of our foundations in
0: successful on-farm grain storage, along with good aeration, uh, successful fumigation and finally regular monitoring. Hygiene, what we're trying to achieve is that we're reducing the overall population of insects living in places they shouldn't be inside our empty silos and equipment.
2: And so let's move on then into some of those specific factors that really enable us to have good grain hygiene, uh, starting with, I guess, the uh, the design.
0: Yeah, good point. So in design, before we hopefully purchase a silo, we've actually had the opportunity to look inside, uh, looking at the aeration ducting inside. Is that difficult to clean? Um most growers can see uh, how difficult or how easy it will be to clean out a silo and, we're, and trapping places around edges that may hold grain. Two common examples, if you like, for a cone-based silo, um, something I would consider is uh, having a small ladder to make it easy to get inside that cone-based silo, particularly if it's a larger one, and also another light um easily to manoeuvre a ladder that can go inside the silo, just for safe movement around inside that silo. And talking about safe movement inside a silo, I'd always suggest that there'd be two people involved once we uh, are trying to do something like that. The other example i give are uh, many more flat bottom silos appearing on uh, growers' uh, properties now. Um, you know, just be extremely careful around some of those imported silos with fully perforated floors Um, They're really not suited to Australian conditions. We get too much uh, grain residues and small particles going through that floor. Very difficult to pick up a whole fully perforated floor. So look for, as I say, any trap points for residues and uh, grain and just consider cleaning out the inside of equipment and storages.
2: Well, speaking of actually cleaning out equipment and storages, what are some of the tactics that uh, growers should be looking at uh, to try and achieve that?
0: Yeah, so there's really two parts. There's, uh the physical clean out and then maybe a structural treatment we can apply and commonly with physical clean-out, nothing new here, a broom, vacuum cleaners, a wash-out with you know, high-pressure hose is always good. Um, you know That comes a little bit back to our design too, doesn't it? Because is that support railing on the outside of the silo right sitting on the base on the concrete so you end up with a dam and all this residue grain? So just look at those things if you're going to wash out, obviously moving on to the treatment product look on a whole we recommend diatomaceous earth um, it can be applied both as a dust or as a slurry so mixed with water um, in many cases for your smaller silos you know up to 200 300 tons diatomaceous earth is a very effective treatment very attractive too because it's not limited whether you're storing oil seeds pulses or cereal grains and you're not so concerned that about a product like diatomaceous earth. The commercial example is dry aside
2: um, that
0: many growers are familiar with.
2: Just to complete that process, it's really important as well that you um, manage the disposal of any contaminants around the silo complex too?
0: Yes, no, when we're doing that physical cleanup, uh, please don't just leave uh, some of that residue grain sitting in a drum around the silos. And the sort of things we can do, um, you know sometimes we end up with quite large quantities uh, to dispose of, so um, burning it, burying it um, you can even sprint it out very thinly, please don't leave it any more than about one inch or twenty five millimeters thick because as soon as we end up with a small pile of old grain, insects are quite happy they've got the insulation from the uh, you know atmosphere elements, heat the cold each day and they ha- quite happily breed in there and a kilometre flight radius is more than uh, possible for most of the storage pests. So you don't want to be having a dump up the paddock, then breeding there, and then simply flying back to your storages.
2: And Philip, tell us about some of the equipment that you're using specifically in this, uh, in this grain hygiene uh, processes.
0: Yeah, so for, for example, applying that diatomaceous earth, um, we'd look at a, a blow-vac gun, quite an easily accessible little unit where many growers, again, are familiar with. Hook it onto your compressor. You can either blow or suck. So we're going to use the blowing function where it's sucking from a small container. It might be just a, the top cut out of a small 5-litre container, the dry side dust placed in that. Um, some flexible corrugated uh, tubing going into the back of that blow-vac gun. Um A small squirt, short squirt, into an aeration fan that's running. The top is open on the silo. Um, That'll coat the inside of the aeration ducting. Then move for the remainder of the application to the manhole at the base of the cone-based silo. Blow that cloud of dust in there. And all we're looking to achieve is a very thin coating. It's not about quantity. Simply enough to, if you ran your finger over any surface on the inside, you'd have that just thin layer of dust. If you see excess falling out down onto the base of the silo, we would suggest you probably remove that. We don't want to end up with, say, a particular grain with an excessive amount of that dust uh, on the last grain coming out of that silo.
2: Yeah, okay, and uh, certain times of the year that growers should be targeting their grain hygiene practices?
0: Yeah, look, as a whole, look, the normal uh, rule of clean as you go is a good one. Once the silo becomes empty, by all means, please clean it out. Um, However, if you're looking for a a whole facility clean down timing, uh, some of our studies looking at the activity of most of these storage pests, during the winter months they are doing very, very little flying. So if we can actually do the clean up in those cooler months before spring comes in and the warmer months hit and they're all of a sudden flying around, um, if we can do that clean up during those cooler months, Um, we're actually getting them before um, they leave those residues um, that we are cleaning up. Philip
1: Burrell from the Queensland Department of Agriculture and Fisheries, where he's a member of the post-harvest team, as well as being a member of GRDC's National Grain Storage Extension Team. You can find a lot of information, plus links to grain storage videos, at storedgrain.com.au. And if you want to know more about grain bunkers as a storage option, there's a GRDC podcast available on that topic too. Thanks for listening. I'm Tony Crowley.